Thank you. Welcome to Change Life Church. I get to follow that guy. I love Pastor Stevie's energy. Lay off the rock stars, my man. Uh, no, don't you love his energy? That's how church should be. I mean, I don't want no boring people at my church. Amen. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we don't want any boarding preachers either, so step it up a little bit. Hey, I, I thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm humbled at what's happening. First service was full and new, new people coming, and it's just such an amazing time. Um, you know, the humbling part is, and I, I told you a couple weeks ago, uh, that we had almost as many people in our church services as I did in the town growing up, where I grew up. So that's a little bit scary for me, like small town boy, and it's like everybody's there at once. Well, I should say twice because I'm also literal. We have two services. Uh, and so welcome to Vision Center. If you're here for the first time, uh, I, I think you're going to learn something. You're going to learn a little bit about me, why we're here, what we're doing, where we're going, because I think it's really important as a church family that we know where the church is headed. Amen? I don't want anybody to kind of wonder what we're about. We're really all about the cross and seeing lives changed. And, and I believe every Sunday you should leave change so we could live it. Not just hear about it, but actually live it and see God do some amazing things in our life. I want to share something with you that I was able to do the last couple of weeks. Uh, you had a part in something that you don't even know about. And here's, here's what happened. We had our board meeting, and, uh, and as a church, we, our goal is to give 10% away, at least 10% of the general fund income that we give, and we, we tithe, we give to missions and different uh, campus ministries. And so we had our, our annual business meeting, or board meeting, and we had $8,400 to give away. We're like, okay, we're short of our 10%. And those are fun board meetings, right? Okay, we have... And so I felt in my heart, okay, God, where, where do you want it to give? And I felt two churches come into my mind. One's Awaken Church at Anampa. Uh, they play our, in our softball league. They're building some offices. And, uh, and then E3 Church, you may have seen, it's a church plant right next door in the high school. Uh, Pastor Brian Taylor, and uh, just a great, great guy. I met him about a year ago. He's got this vision to reach CUNA. And I felt that we were supposed to sow into those ministries. And so this last week, I was able to give Pastor Adam a check for $4,200 that I met with Pastor Brian. He didn't know what was coming. Took him to lunch and asked him, hey, how's everything going? He's like, man, it's a struggle. Like, try starting a church in COVID. Yeah. It's like, it just, they, they were in this school, then they moved to that school, and there's already another church meeting in that school. And, and so uh, he just said, man, just pray for him because it's a little tougher than I thought. And I was like, welcome to the ministry. Um, because that's how it is. And just a great guy. But I was able to, to give him a, a check from our church family for 4,200 bucks to help him with their church plant. And that, uh, yeah, I tell you what, it, he, he started just tears coming down his face. And he said, this is a miracle because our board, that's what we prayed. God, somebody's praying for a miracle. Let us be a part of it. And, uh, and they had just had a team meeting last week or the week prior. And they're like, God, we need a financial miracle. We just need that. And we, as a church family, got to be that um, with a church plant right across the street. How cool is that? Right? Because we're all on the same team. Uh, we're here to reach people for, for, for Jesus Christ. And so that was the fun. So I did, with that, thank you so much for your giving. I got to be the messenger boy. When you deliver good news, it's always the fun part, right? So anyhow, hey, so Vision Sunday 2021, we usually have a theme for the year. The year uh, of 2021, the, the theme is gonna be faithful. And, and my prayer time is, okay, God, give me something, give me a word. And that's what I heard was faithful because regardless of what happens in 2021, we will be faithful. The world goes nuts, we won't. We'll be faithful. Okay, we come against resistance, we'll be faithful. We have a building project, we'll be faithful. And I believe that that, that this is the word of what we're going to see going on in our country that will keep us going into what God has for us. So Proverbs 29, 18. 
Father, we thank you that your word is anointed. And I just pray this morning, again, that you'd speak through me. I don't want to say my words. I want to say your words. And I pray for that one heart today, Lord, that maybe, maybe they thought that you've given up on them, that dream that you put in them, that that dream is still there. And I love you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. What does that mean? That means if a, if a church does not have a vision to reach its community, to reach the lost, people will perish. People will die. I've heard a pastor say one time, where there is no vision, people will, will go to another parish. Because we all want to be a part of something, something that's bigger than us. So one of the main things that will keep you going is vision. Now, my definition of vision is this. It's the ability to see what God has called you to do and who or your character he has asked you to be. Okay, what God has called you to do and who he has asked you to be. And I want to tell you the who is more important than the what. Because you can do the will of God without serving God. It can happen. Look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh in the Old Testament did the will of God, but he wasn't serving God. I don't want to pretend to be a Christian and go through the motions of using a gift that God has given me without really having my heart right with the Lord. So my character is actually the first thing that I got to take care of. And when I become the who, okay, we will, I believe, see what the what come about in our life. And notice that none of these are forced. See, a call has to be answered and character has to be pursued. Character is something that we need drastically in America today. We need character. What is character? Character is standing up for what you believe in, and what you believe in needs to be the word of God. You can stand up for what you believe in and still go to hell. I mean, you can't, okay? Hell is a real place. If, you, if you're kind of just wondering, read the end of the book, it's there. It's very hot because there's some doctrines out there that, that teach you that hell's not a real place, and it is a real place. If it wasn't real, Jesus would have never come down from the comfort of heaven to die on a cross, Hell is a real place, and our goal as a church is to keep people from going there. So none of these are forced. God isn't forced. Call has to be answered. Character has to be pursued. And God-given visions and dreams don't just happen. See, the dream might be given, but they have to be pursued to come to pass. I can show you building plans, but showing you building plans means nothing if we don't put action to the plans. So some of you here may hear today may be here today with a call on your life and you're just kind of wondering what God's gonna do. And in my, my response to that will be just do something. Love people. Get up in the, in the morning and say, you know what, I'm just gonna love people today. I'm gonna do the best I can to love others. Some of you may be comfortable in the call and I've been there before. I've gotten comfortable with my calling where you just kind of go through the motions and you do what's just like minimal payment, like a credit card, but you just do the minimal payment. You'll never catch up if you do that. Right? I don't want to just do the minimal payment of what God has called me to do. Um, are you in maintenance mode or are you in growth mode right now? That's the question right now I want you to deal with personally. Um, am I in maintenance mode? Am I just getting by or am I actually growing? What, what am I doing? And I'm not talking ebbs and flow. We get in those things. But consistently, are you growing or are you just maintaining? God wants us to grow. So our purpose at Exchange Life Church is simply this. And this is cliche because we're, church, we're Christians and we know what it should be. But this is really why we do what we do. Number one is to see lost people saved. That is, the first, that is our first and foremost thing is there are people that do not know Jesus that need to know Jesus. That's what we're about. That's why every Sunday I, we will give an altar call, or at least a response for salvation. Number two is to help believers grow in their faith. Those are the two main things that we do. And if we do anything that doesn't fulfill one of those two, we should just stop. Okay? And that does not include softball because softball helps you grow in your faith. It does. Especially when you get beat by my team and you have to have a good attitude. 
or my team gets beat by Mark's team, who won the championship this year. Okay, Team Pink. And uh, and at first service, I said that's not it's not the team's fault. It was Georgianne's fault because she's the manager. I didn't know that until this year. Georgianne's been here longer than I have. She's one of three that have been in the church longer than me, and I did not realize that she was the mastermind behind their wins. So. I'm going to ban managers that actually t- coach teams because it's church league. It shouldn't be that good. But she's got positions. She knows everything. She knows statistics. And I'm like, this isn't even fair. But life's not about fair. It's about winning, right? When it comes to church softball. You think I was joking, right? No, we're serious about softball. Here. <laughs> what, what does softball do? Hear me, let me tell you why we do church softball. Not, not that we just love baseball and softball as a church family. But on Tuesdays and Thursday nights... Our church family gets together in those ball fields and we talk and we laugh and we get angry sometimes. Those that are, aren't, they're barely saved. The ones that are sanctified don't. Yeah, right. You've seen me, you've seen me. I've never lost my temper, but you've seen it. You've seen my boiling point before. Some of you have seen that. Not very often, but you've seen, who, who's seen my boiling point? Hey, put your hands down. Um, <laughs> you just threw me under the bus. I was like, <laughs> No, no, I've been there, yeah. If it's not in you, it can't come out of you, right? Because right? it lives in me, very competitive by nature, right? But that's, that's an atmosphere. It gets the church family together. And we have a great time, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so we have Tuesday night softball, Wednesday night repentance, and then Thursday night softball again. That's how it works. So as a church, intimate worship and teaching God's word is vital to us, our our. our our worship time in music, because you worship God in a lot of different ways, isn't just a singing song time. We, we want to connect with God. That's what we, as a church family, we don't want to just sing and, and sit down. We want to connect with the Lord like we have been for a long time. It's just, God, do what you need to do in my life. Um, so that's, that's my heart in those areas. I'm going to tell you a story in just a moment about how we got to this point as a church and kind of where we're going. And um, uh, many of you probably haven't heard a lot of the details that, that I think you'll find interesting to see how God works. And that's the whole point of, of today. But you have to believe that God has a plan for your life. You have to believe that. Today, you, you have to tell yourself, God has a plan for me. God has not put me on the back burner. God has not stuck me in the closet. God has not just said, you know what, I, I'm done with you. Are there times that God puts us on the bench? Absolutely. Sometimes it's just so that we can rest. Other times because we didn't do what the coach said to do. And, and, he, and he's like, okay, I'm just, I, you're still my son, you're still my daughter, but you need to sit down for a while. You need time out. We all need, need spiritual timeouts. And if you're a parent of children, you need a timeout, right? Wouldn't it be great if your kid told you to go to your room? <laughs> Please, really? That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> you have to believe God has a plan for your life. And this looks different for most of us, but all accomplish the same purpose, to make a difference in the lives of someone else. That's why we exist. You see, if I don't live for God's plan, I will make my own plan. And my own plan usually ends up in a disaster, or I don't make a plan at all, and it ends up in a disaster. You gotta plan something. And what I've found is most people get frustrated because they either lose their focus or forget their purpose. Let me say that again. Most people get frustrated because they either lose their focus or they forget their purpose. A lot of marriages do that, which my wife and I will teach that in our, in our marriage life group, is that we, we forget why we got married. We forget that it was fun at one time. And what changed? Well, the people don't change. Usually it's attitudes that change. And we can get back to that. I don't want to lose the focus and my purpose of what God has for me. There is something about knowing why you exist. 
Okay, and here's this. And if you're newer to the church, we take pictures of if the slide means something to you, I have no problem with you taking your phone out and taking a picture. Knowing your purpose gives you the strength to endure the hard times. It really does. Knowing what your purpose is gives you strength to endure the hard times. In other words, be faithful. That's our theme for today. You're gonna see it a lot. You're gonna see it pop up. You're gonna see it on Facebook and Instagram. Just the word, pop, faithful. And you can remember, I'm gonna stick it out. And what I found is usually God will show those things to you when you need it most. You ever seen those verses, you open the Bible up and you're like, oh man, I needed that right now. I've done it many times in my marriage where it's like, I didn't wanna read that right now, but now I have to. Here's one right here I'll just point out to you that I wasn't planning on reading. It says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Praise God. Amen. All right? My wife's looking at me like, what? All right, no, we're done, just so you all know, okay? We're done. Now bring on the grandchildren. Matter of fact, if you didn't know this, I'm, I, I'm, we're expecting. My daughter, Lauren, she's probably listening now. She's having a baby. Yeah. I'm, I mean, not right now. She's going to have a baby, just so we're clear on that, because I'm literal. But I'm excited about, about grandkid number two. Stanley number two. Double tyrant. I hope not. Like I, was, I don't want that. I want easy, right? So we're pretty excited about that. All right, be faithful. So our story, where are we at today? We're about to start building project number five. All right, you were sitting in number four, and I want to tell you how we got to this point. Okay, how did, how did we get to where we are today? Because I really believe that you need to understand that, that God's plan takes time. God's plan takes years often. 30 years ago, there was a little critter in Northern California. If you didn't know, my dad owned a logging company and my grandpa owned a logging company and my brothers and I worked in the woods all through high school and college. So we come from a family of loggers. And there was this little tiny critter called the spotted owl. Anybody remember the spotted owl? Okay, there's... There's millions of them. There's a lot, but people were pretending like there wasn't very many. And, uh, and we all know that little critters are more important than humans, so we have to shut down mills and stop jobs, and, and I'll stop right there. Uh, because the Bible actually talks, talks about people worship created things rather than the creator, and there's a whole thing in Romans about that. And so this little owl stopped us from working. So we made the wise decision, like some of you have recently moved to Idaho uh, about 30 years ago. I was 19 when that happened. I'm 50 now. So we've been here a little bit of time. Meridian had just under 10,000 people. CUNA had maybe 3,500, if you counted the cows. I mean, it was, wasn't very, very many. We lived right above Boise, Bishop Kelly High School, where there was a big field and, um, and all that's grown now. So 30 years ago, we moved here, okay? We'd elk hunted in Idaho. We loved Idaho. Most people at that point didn't even know who, where Idaho was. They thought it was Iowa. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of confusion. And, and we loved Idaho because the people were our type of people. They were friendly. They were kind. I mean, you just, where you go, people were just friendly people. So be that. If you're not from here, be that. Just be kind and friendly. When people move in, okay, welcome them. Okay, say Hi. Okay, be what we need to be because I really believe that you're not here by your own plan. You're here by God's plan. Amen. And God, if he can use a, Come on, I'm gonna say it. Okay, if he can use a stupid little owl, that's cute, okay, <laughs> to bring a family here. And, and so I was graduating Bible college uh, the following year and discovered that the church my family found needed a youth pastor. Well, I was, you know, I was 20 years old, graduated Bible college, was God's man of faith and power, ready to change the world and ended up cleaning toilets and, pastoring children uh, and, and youth. And uh, Pastor Chase, is he was actually born in the church where I was already youth pastor. That's how old he is. <laughs> he was in diapers. Kristen, same thing. 
Okay, we knew her before she was born. So it's interesting to have, you know, adults in our ministry staff that we saw in diapers. And that's, again, they're, they're aging. Um, it doesn't make us old at all. So we moved here, all right? Four and a half years, sat under uh, a pastor who taught me a lot about ministry. Again, I came from a small town, didn't have kids' church, didn't have youth ministry. I didn't know a whole lot. And he taught me a lot about just the inner workings of church and organization. Um, and it was a very good experience. We were there for about four and a half years. And then the Lord moved us, because I say it was God, because we didn't want to leave home. Went to Walla Walla, Washington, and got hired by a pastor there, a great, great man. And uh, Pastor, pastor Hawthorne just taught me about ministry, like outreach ministry, bus ministry, reaching the lost. And, and the, you know, I'll, I'll say it online, the church didn't really like that. They, they wanted their own little church and the kids were messing things up. And, and so we saw a, a fight going on that we didn't know was happening. And we ended up leaving that church after the pastor resigned. And it was kind of a mess. You ever been in a mess, church mess? They're no fun, are they? Shouldn't, shouldn't be that way. And so, so first church, we were at four and a half years. We were in Walla Walla 16 months. And then we went, got hired on to California where I went to Bible college and where Chris got saved. And so we were there with a five-year commitment turned into five months. Okay. They ran out of money. There was three staff they had to let off. I was one of them. And, and so we were like, what? You know, we lost rent. We lost the car. I mean, we, we lost, not the car, but we had just registered the car there. California's expensive. It was like 430 bucks. Um, and it was a Geo Metro. I mean, come on. <laughs> It's like the car wasn't even worth that, but now that thing's gold, man, 50 miles a gallon, but either way, we were there for five months, and so, okay, so I want you to recognize the pattern here, four and a half years, 16 months, five months, and you all hired me. <laughs> That's supposed to be funny, right? If you looked at the tracker, and go, wait a second, what's going on here? Uh, Chris and I celebrated last November our 23rd year at this church, okay, going on 24. Uh, so when we, we came here, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, okay, I felt called to pastor, and I, I had felt that for a couple months. And, and our Pastor Dave, he allowed that to happen through, that's with our New Life Assembly, uh, great friends of ours. And, and he was used by God to get us into a position. And it, it's not always comfortable when God transitions you, but I felt like I'm supposed to pastor a church, and, and I don't know where, I want to go home. And so we got my dad's horse trailer and truck because we couldn't afford a U-Haul. I mean, we had no money. Hauled what we could back up here and moved in with my mom and dad, which is always fun when you got two kids and you're at home and you're like, none of us like this, but we have to get along. And my, my parents, they're awesome people. Um, and, and we get along good, but you know how, what I'm talking about. Family, it's just, there's an awkwardness, all right? Um, and so I would go out every night and I was working for a, that's not a bed. I go out every night, I, not to the places you used to go. <laughs> Just so you know, I've never drank. I mean, let's just make that clear right now. Um, I tasted Budweiser at the brewery one time, and I licked up wine one time, and I didn't like it either time. That's my extensive drinking problem. All right. And so I, I, would, I was working for a tree service, you know, trimming trees and cutting trees up and kind of new chainsaws and, and started painting houses. And I remember pretty much every night I would walk outside and sit on uh, the patio and just look up at the stars back when Meridian didn't have light pollution. And I'd be like, God, what, what do you want me to do? Called the ministry. I've been in ministry you know, seven, seven years, a little more. I know what I'm called to do, God, but what's, what's happening? And this is what I heard. Not a, tr- not a screaming kid, but um, actually I probably did because we had two. I love, I love having kids just so you know. They, they make noise at the perfect time. And, and I didn't hear nothing. Crickets. Night after night. Okay, God. I know what I'm called to do. Nothing. 
God never said, well, I got a church in for you. Just hold on. I'm doing some things down here. Just wait. Just wait. It's going to be good. It was nothing. I just had to be faithful. I had to go to work. I had to make eight bucks an hour, trimming trees, painting houses, just like, okay, God, what's happening? Well, I finally talked to our pastor and he said, well, the CUNA came open and he said, maybe you should, you know, go there and check it out. So we drove out here back when it was a two lane road all the way out. And, and we came to the church and it was a nice building. It was a 40 by 60 building. If you know the other side of the tracks where CUNA Cave Kids and Alpha Home Systems, right? Mike, you're still there? Um, it's great. His business is in where the church used to be. And, and that's what, that was our church building. It was a 40 by 60. That's three building projects over there. A 40 by 60 room. And I, I drove up to it. And I was, it's nice, but it's smaller than our youth room at the last church. Because we had 150 kids in our, our youth group at the last church in California. And, uh, and I'm like, ah, this, I got bigger visions than this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that laugh because that's exactly, no, that's Stephen, it's perfect. Because it was like God going, oh yeah, oh yeah, you want a church of a thousand right off the gate, right? Is that how you want it? And fortunately for my amazing wife, she said, honey, we have to at least try it. We got to come to church. <sighs> bigger vision, you're killing my dreams. Uh, and uh, we came to church and there was 15 people there that Sunday. I think the church was about 30 if everybody showed up. And, um, and, and we showed up and we, and, it, and we knew it was home. We knew it was home. Like this is where we're supposed to be. And so we applied and we discovered that three other pastors had been voted on and approved and none of them wanted the job. I mean, it was like, whoa, wait, wait a second, you know? They're like, will you please pastor us? Um, I had one gal, a good friend of ours, that became a good friend of ours. She said, what makes you think you can pastor us? I was like, why do you ask? With that tone of voice, it was kind of, it was, and they became great friends because it was a legitimate question. I was 26 years old. I had still been in ministry for about six years full time, but, uh, but this was the first senior pastor. And so uh, they had the vote. We got voted in. Uh, the church offered $300 a month plus housing, which was a double wide next to the church building, which also doubled. Most of you know the story. If you've been here, it doubled as kids church on Sunday mornings, Sunday school on Sunday mornings, and then Wednesday night Bible studies. Um, and so my wife had people in her home all the time. And so it was just, you know, we just made it work. She had a good head. I continued to paint houses and I would get home some nights just before Bible study, just all paint all over me and people would be arriving and I'm like, hey, I'm your pastor. I'm the painter now, but I'll go take a shower, which was always weird. You got church people in the next room, but there was no else to take a shower. So, um, you know, you come out, teach a Bible study and through a great team of people, the church began to grow. And so for four years, we had worked another secular job because sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And, and people begin to come and begin to give and I knew what my purpose was, and I want to tell you something, that, that a God-given dream will not die at the hands of hardship. A God-given dream. When God gives you a dream and he gives you a vision for what, you, what God wants you to see, it, can be, it will give you the motivation to keep going. A God-given dream will not die at the hands of hardship, and it will also not die at the hands of man. Man cannot stop the call that God has put on your life. Amen. He can't. You're the only one that can do that. So a great team of people. Rick's been a part of it for 20-some years, right? Um, he, he's been through it. George Ann's been through it. Is Laura Brothers here? There's three people here. Laura's there. She is, Laura. Uh, Laura, you were just a wee little, little girl when I showed up. And uh, she was also in kids' ministries when I was a youth pastor. I've aged, not you, just so you know that. Um, and then Hannah Lamphere, and she can't go nowhere because she's married to Pastor Chase. So three, three of y'all stuck it out. 
Thank you for staying. And then, so we, we, we had three building projects. We added 40 feet on, and there's a story there, and we added a, another building, and then we joined them together. And as we grew, and we started to say, you know what, we're, we're kind of tapped out on this property. And so we put it up for sale. The economy was really good at that point, and we sold the property for $900,000, made about $720,000 profit. And I began to look for property. And this, this parcel we're on here is six and a half acres. It's a part of a subdivision uh, with five acres and or random that. And, uh, and this wasn't for sale, but I found the owner. And, um, and, I, and I, I will tell you this, I walked this property like, Jesus, we, this high school just got built. This is a great place for a church. Don't you think, Lord? Good spot. And God's like, now that you mention it, because, uh, you know, no, God had a plan. All right? So we, we talked to the neighbors uh, because we had to get a special use permit because it's zoned uh, residential. But we discovered that as a church, they could give you a special use permit to build a church here. So we talked to all the neighbors, and um, you know, they all said, yeah, sure, great church would be great. So we went forward, and uh, we had cash to pay for the property and, and a lot of the building. Got pre-approved for a loan. We figured it'd be about 450000 to finish everything up. And, uh, and everything was great until we needed the loan money. Our builder was, we owed him about $200,000. And again, I had pre-approved, everything's cool. And, and so we applied for that loan that we had already been approved for. Hey, we need the money now. And they said, there's a problem. Like, what's the problem? Well, they say in the CCNRs, it says that you have to have written permission from every homeowner in the subdivision, which I think is seven. And I said, oh, well, they, that shouldn't be a problem. They gave us verbal. And we talked to every neighbor. Everything, everything was great. So I went around. Crystal Olson helped me with, with, as a notary. And we went around. Everybody signed the paper, signed the paper, signed the paper. Well, the guy at the very end of the road, we'll call him, we'll call him Joe. I call him no sign Joe because Joe no signing. Joe figured out, and Joe, Joe had a problem with every neighbor in this whole subdivision. And we begin to go, oh no, Joe. Like, will you sign this paper? He said, I'm not signing that paper. I said, Joe, you, you said you would, you said you were okay with the church. No, I didn't. I said, you did. No, I didn't. Can I describe, I don't want to describe him because it was, it, 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 he was very, very angry, very mean. And I was like, you said it. And, and so I went, looked in the archives of the city council meeting and they're on tape verbally saying, we approve of the church. Everything's great. I took the tape. I was like, you said, no, nope. he said it's a conspiracy. They put that in there. I said, your name is on the register and I had it transcribed. I took it to him. He just threw it down. He didn't care. He said, I'm not signing it. He said, why don't you buy my property? I said, if, I'd needed, if I had money to buy your property, I wouldn't need money for a loan. So we had this impasse. Owed the builder 200 grand. I started losing sleep. I started losing <laughs> other things. Uh, I started getting a little grayer because I was already gray. And it was the hardest two months of ministry for me to owe, to owe somebody money, not be able to pay it. Nobody would touch us. No, no, no company. They say, that's CCNR. And I was sick sick to my stomach because if, if one thing about me is I don't, I don't owe people. I mean, that, it's, you pay on time, you pay before and that's a big deal to me. And he wouldn't, he just wouldn't sign it because I went down, I trimmed his trees, I cleared brush off his place, I worked, I hauled stuff away, tried to landscape, we took him cookies. <laughs> I, I got my, my two beautiful daughters, they dressed up cute, they went down, took him cookies Joe did not care. He took the cookies, but he didn't care. I would go down there probably three times a week just to talk to him and say, you know, I, I just, come on. 
we're reaching kids, we're reaching, you know, he, I didn't say reaching the lost because he didn't care about the lost, at least at that point. And, but I was like, we're reaching kids of our community. We have this outreach program and he just not signing it. And so finally, after all this pain, I had a, an individual who, who did not come to the church here that believed in what we were doing. Uh, said he would loan us money. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, I get, it's, it's been a lot of years and it's still emotional to me because it was so hard. It was like, God, didn't you call us to do this? What's going on, God? You know the predicament is I even had a pastor come up and pray some very harsh things against Joe. <laughs> like, like, he's like, don't pray for him because the guy's just in. And so a private individual took a chance on us and loaned us the money pay it off. And, and it was a, a normal interest rate, but there was no closing costs, no fees, no, everything was on our arm. It was better than what we could get anywhere else. An individual had sold some stock um, and quite a bit of it in order to, to just help us, you know, taking a risk because that paper wasn't signed. So if the loan was defaulted on, this place could be just, you couldn't sell it because that paper wasn't signed. And so it was a big risk. Well, eventually, years go by. Everything's cool. We're, we finished building. I paid the builder off, and, um, and he's the one that's going to be building our new building, so <laughs> I don't, hope he's not nervous. Um, shouldn't be. Eventually, this guy sold his house down at the end of the lane, and I discovered, uh, I saw the for sale sign. When I found out, I went down. I drove down there, and I was like, here's some cookies. I'll do your landscaping for a year. I didn't do that, but I, I met the gal and told her the situation, and she said, give me that paper. That guy is the meanest man I've ever met. He did the same thing to us in the cell of the house. Like, well, I'll sign that sucker right now. So he's like, she's signing it away. And <laughs> so, yeah, and she's, she's a believer. And she said, that guy did, he jacked the price up after we agreed. She said, it was just a whole mess. Um, and so we have all the signatures now. Everything's cool. All right, so, so life is going on. Well, eventually, um, as the market got worse, interest rates went down and we, we were at six and, uh, you know, we were making an extra, what was it, 400 a month, Rick, on our, our payment, um, you know, to try to pay the loan down. And so the, the interest rates went down to four and a half percent. And, and I was like, man, we could refinance and save quite a bit of money. And I, I said, but I don't, the person that loaned us money, I don't want to, you know, like stick it to them or make it. And so I, I made a phone call and I said, hey, here's, here's a situation. I said, is there any chance you want your money back? And he said, matter of fact, yeah. He goes, that would be great because the stock market is down and I would like to buy some more of the stock that I sold to loan you the money because it was significantly lower. And so I was like, oh, cool. So we did it. We got refinanced. Um, again, it was a little bit of a miracle of, of, of a fixed rate and uh, refinance, paid the money back. And then that money was reinvested back into the same stock that he had sold to, to finance a church. So it was like, this is cool. Um, so... When we built this particular building, uh, this was phase one. Okay? It was phase one of phase two. And so this is what you need to know is that all the underground stuff is already stubbed out. Electrical, I mean, everything is already out for the new building, so we don't have to dig up a bunch of stuff. We paid most of the fees up front. Um, and so all that stuff that usually takes a long time has been taken care of. So we're in a, a really good place. I want to tell you something. 
when we designed our property, okay, the plan was to be in this building for years at the most. Like, we're going to build in three or four years, everything's going to be cool. That was 13 years ago. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> but I want to I I show you something. I was trying to talk on the way here, but these plans for this site, they're not exactly what we're doing, but it's close. This site, this has been in the closet for 13 years. It's the, the ball field, and we have two of them, and I wasn't giving up the other one, so we were like, we're going to figure out a way. Um, some of you, I guess I made a post when I talked about the building, I guess there was a bunch of feedback when I say feedback on Facebook, you know what I mean. About, what about the parking lot? Guys, we thought about the parking lot. Trust me, we did. There's plenty of parking for you. And, uh, and if you had issue with all the parking here, your spot is right here. So you can walk the furthest. Um, now we'll mark you a spot. We'll put your name there. All right, so, so the, the hole's going away and we're doing an underground store. So this will be all parking. So this is where the new facility is. Why do I tell you this, guys? I tell you this because sometimes our plans are still in the closet until God's timing comes to pass. And I really believe that today God is speaking to some of you that he still has plans. And you feel like, oh, it's been too, I've gone too far, I've walked too far away from God. Nothing could be further from the truth. The call of God is still on your life. The plan is still in effect. What we can't control is timing. We can try to control timing, but usually it's a mistake. And I hope this speaks something. I hope some of you right now, I hope God is talking to you that God has not forgotten the plans he has for your life. He has not. Even if you ran away, God followed you. And you're back here. He has a plan, even though it feels like it may be in the closet. It might be 10 years later than you thought. Okay, so we designed this as a gymnasium. That's why we have a cattle chute to get in, okay? That's why we don't have a foyer is because we weren't gonna be here for very long. You see, the plans were still there. The vision and the dream for a worship center was still on paper. There were moments, Mike, that I would get this out of the closet and I would look at it, man, because Mike has been here for a long time. And, and I would look at it and go, God, someday, someday we're gonna do this. Someday we're going to do it. And, and so in the meantime, we did what we could with what we had. We built ball fields and again, just an avenue to get people on here. We have the zone where kids can come and then they can hang out. Our heart is to get unbelievers onto the property. However that looks is just to get people that don't know Jesus so that they will know Jesus because eventually somebody's gonna want to go to church and I want to be the place that they come to because they know our staff, we play softball, we talk to each other um, and eventually everyone needs a preacher. Eventually everyone needs a preacher. So be nice to me, okay? Be nice, all right? Here's how God's timing works. Well, remember no sign Joe? <laughs> he's gone, moved away. He actually came back and harassed the new people that were there. He'd sit there and park and stare at them and um, she'd call me. She's like, stay on the gate. He's, he's, he's down there again. I was like, well, call the sheriff, you know. Um, it, was, it was kind of an interesting thing. So as I was thinking this through, um, as I was typing this message out this week, I realized something and I believe the Holy Spirit showed me something that un- <laughs> no sign Joe not signing caused some things to happen. Alternate financing to an individual who believed in what we were doing, who was willing to 
risk investment by investing in a risk. <laughs> like in a property that, wasn't, that needed a signature, there was, there was a risk taken there. And serving God and answering God's call always requires a risk. It does. Faith is, is requiring a risk. So, so no sign joke caused some things to happen, alternate financing, years off of my life, and some dots begin to connect. And the thing that I thought was from the devil became the blessing I never saw coming. The thing, I'm not sorry for crying, guys. I'm not. The thing that the enemy meant for evil became a catalyst for what we're about to do with building number five. I will tell you that uh, had Joe signed this paper, we'd be in a different place financially. Okay, at our, at our business meeting, because we're not going to talk about it in, in the church, but at our business meeting, everybody's welcome to stay. Okay, it's me 20, 30 minutes afterwards. <laughs> this isn't even stupid, it's just me. Um, the money that was taken out of the stock market and loaned to the church got given back and reinvested. And that same same godly man made a pretty good donation to our building funds. <laughs> and it's, it's significant. It is. And uh, it, it, again, it, the timing to purchase stock at like two bucks when it was seven, and it, it, it got sold for a lot. I think God kept that guy from signing the paper. I think he did because it, it set off a chain of events that I didn't see coming. And now what was invested so many years ago, 2020, um, that return happened. Amen. And we got a really healthy building fund. We really do. And, and that's something that we can go into not having that burden of this huge financial debt because I'm not about that. And I look at how God's timing works. And it's perfect. It's perfect. And when you give and when you honor God with your tithe, it comes back to you. And in the, in the process, you can bless other people. Your gift is not for you. It's for someone else. It's for someone else. And the gift is still in you. Whoever's struggling with this, the gift is still there. And it might be rest an idol, but it's about ready to bust through the garage. <laughs> That's a terrible thing because I have to buy a new garage door. I want that to happen, but you know what I'm talking about. So the detour may actually lead to your destiny. What you view as a roadblock in your life right now may actually be a divine setup for a miracle. The time that maybe you spent away from God and then just doing your own thing, you're gonna come back, you're like, how could God use me? It may be the very thing that God used it to say, now you're ready, you went through some stuff. Now I'm ready to use it. Because before you were a little arrogant, you're a little prideful, but now you're broken and God uses broken things. That's what he does, Amen. God uses broken things. So this was one of the darkest hours of ministry for me because I questioned God, didn't you tell me to do this? Why is no sign Joe so mean? Why is he so mean? I love the story of Joseph in the Bible where he had give, been given a dream where God says, you're gonna be a leader as a young man and, and then he went back to what he was doing, gets thrown in prison by his brothers. All these mean things happen to him. He goes prison time and wherever Joseph went, he, he just did the best he could with where he was at. He was hurt, but he didn't blame. He didn't let it really just tear him down. He was in his whole perspective. It was like, God, I'm just gonna do the best I can with where I am. And 13 years later, and I find it ironic that it's been about 13 years 
that we've been here and now we get to build, that, that God is seeing this vision and dream come to pass. And I believe that there's many of you today that this message is just for you. That God is telling you, son, daughter, I believe in you. I give you a dream. I've given you a vision. And, and now is the time to step up and be the man or woman that I've called you to be. Amen. Don't let your 13 years of whatever say disqualify you because God will never disqualify you when you just return to him and say, God, I'm willing to be used now. Right. I'm willing to be used. That's what God is all about. That's our heart. You see, if I'd have found the CCNR, think about this, about the written permission thing, how is it that nobody saw it? How is it that no homeowner said you have to have this in writing? How is it that when we took it to the bank to pre-approve the loan, they had a copy? How is it that nobody saw the written permission? How is it that I didn't see it? it I mean, tons of people missed it. If we would have went in to get a signature and no sign Joe is still no sign Joe, we never would have bought the property. But here we were, 720 grand into it, buildings up. No son Joe's still doing his thing. We would never have bought it, right? And so here's what I want to tell you is there's times in your life that God doesn't give you all the details. Doesn't give you all the details. See, just because it's bad doesn't mean you should bail. Do your best today. Don't worry about tomorrow. And the dream God gave Joseph came to pass. And it's all to me about the obedience and the timing. See, faith is about taking one more step of obedience when you don't know the outcome. Let me say that again. Faith is all about taking one more step of obedience when you don't know the outcome. You do it because God told you to do it. So if you know the outcome, there is no need for faith. I don't wanna know all the details. Here's what I know, that God gives you just enough information to keep you on your knees. Just enough, just enough to keep you on your knees and praying and seeking his will and his plan. So today, here we are 10, 11 years later than I had planned, but God has a plan and it's always better than my plan. It's always better than my plan. Now we're gonna show you, I had a design team and we're gonna show you some of the things we came up with that's a basic layout of the new building. Um, just so we're clear that this is not up for discussion. This is not up for, hey, you should do this. Okay, that's not it. All right, now I gotta show you something here. I didn't have a pointer the first First service, I had to point with my finger. And uh, welcome to CUNA, Idaho. Somebody took this off their 1911 pistol and said, Here, use my laser pointer off my gun. This <laughs> is <she> like that. <laughs> I know, is that cool? <laughs> like I said, Welcome to Idaho. <laughs> and don't ask me who's got the gun. Um, because there's probably about 25 people in here that do. <laughs> all right? So here's what we got. We had a design team to look it all over. And I said it was a smaller team of people that knew what they were doing. Uh, because if you opened it up for public discussion, you would never get a building started. All right? So I want you to picture. So this room is 50, by 50, or 50, 50 feet wide and about 70 feet from wall to wall. Um, our new facility is 120 feet wide by 200 feet. Um, our, our sanctuary will be double this. Um, it's going to be cool. And so that's this here. Let me see. All right. So this is, you can't go back here if you're not part of the worship team. Just so you know, just so we're clear. It's going to be locked. All right. Um, here, uh, however, you can use these. They're bathrooms. These are the women's bathrooms. These are the men's bathrooms. Period. Okay. All right. Break room, 
Okay, classrooms, kids' classrooms. This, this whole wing here is the kids' wing. It's, it's a lot bigger than it looks. Uh, kids' church will be here. Kids' church has two bathrooms in it, um, boy and girl, girl and boy, whichever one. Actually, they're probably unisex. It doesn't matter. Um, and then we have bathrooms in the classroom. So your uh, disciple or the, the, the preschool age, all the kids, so there'll be bathrooms there. Okay, this is probably the most exciting part is we have a coffee shop right there. All right. Okay, so with the coffee shop, we have a sitting room here. There will be tables and chairs for people to sit. And then uh, right here, uh, DJ and, and Danae Marks had a great idea of having a roll-up door uh, and a sitting area out on a patio. So when the weather's nice, we just roll this up, and you can sit out and drink your coffee. Uh, you cannot do it while the preacher is here. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, it, that's, that's our basic layout and. uh really excited about it, and uh, I talked to our builder, and he said there's, there's a possible, like, end of April, we could actually start turning dirt. Um, you know, that's probably wishful thinking, because building always takes longer and costs more, uh, but I'm hoping to be in by Christmas. That's going to be a cool thing, and I, I think that's a, a good possibility, because, again, we have a lot of the groundwork already done. So, again, we have Kids Wing cover, and we'll be sign-ins, okay, for those of you parents who kind of like, what do I take my kid? We have terrible signages here. We're going to work on that a little bit, uh, but you, you can only do so much with a building that's shaped like this. And so we've already ordered the, the uh, check-in systems. It'll be iPads to check your kids in um, so we know where you are to pick them up. Okay. Um, so that, it's going to be a very safe area for the kids' wing uh, to get in. So not just random people can't go in there. It's going to be, you know, heavily guarded. And, uh, well, probably not heavily guarded. There's going to be doors. You can't just walk in and get your kids. So we're going to have check-in systems. Um, it's going to be completely safe, safe as we possibly can. And so um, what I'm going to ask, and here's, here's again, we have a, a good chunk to, to help pay for a lot of the facility. But what I want to focus on as a church family is raising money for chairs. And I think I've told you this already is, is chairs are about 50 bucks a piece. And we're looking at seating 500. Uh, so 500 chairs is our goal. Uh, we have a, a decent amount already donated for people that uh, said, Hey, we want to buy some chairs. And so that's really what we're going to focus on as a, as a church family is, is chairs. Um, what I'm going to ask over the course of the next several months is, you know, buy some for your family. And if you have a family of five or six, things for being productive, but it's going to cost you more. Uh, <laughs> you're like, it already costs me more, all right? So we're going to take the families that only have one kid and give it to those of you who have been productive, because that's, that's socialism, right? That's where we're headed. No. Yeah, I said that, right? <laughs> you see is what you get, all right? And that's why y'all keep coming back, because I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> we'll be social, all right, all right. If you want socialism, just visit the coffee shop. You can be social there. All right, so that's our, that's our goal. Uh, so my, my, my suggestion, and my wife and I are going to buy a lot of chairs, is, is to buy for your family if you can, and then one chair for someone who's not saved yet and has no idea this is their future church home. <laughs> they don't even know they don't know Jesus yet, but they're going to figure it out. And so that's really where our goal is, um, is, is to get maybe if you, one chair a month, if that's what you can do, then do that. But if you, mar- if you give to her, please mark on there chairs, and we'll know exactly. Uh, you cannot put your name on it. You can't save yours. Y'all, if y'all been in church, you know about all the pianos that were donated with so-and-so's name. You can never get rid of those. It's like you have to have your own storage unit for the place that has everybody's name tag on there. All right. Yeah, yeah, the price goes up if you want your name on it. I like that. Hunter box. All right. That's good. Psalms 127, verse 1 says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, its, labor, its builders labor in vain. 
let's live the Lord's building. This is all, this has got to be a God thing. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so thankful you're here today. We're, we're not going to close in a song today, but we are because we have our, our business meeting. And I like short meetings. Y'all know that. Like, just here. Um, so I'll give you some instructions. But the first question, the only question I have for you, I guess, as we end, is, is do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you accepted him into your life? Guys, there is heaven and there is a hell. That's why we exist. Hell is a real place. It is a place that God does not want people to go. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And if you've never accepted him as your savior, today would be a really good day to do that. You're not guaranteed your next breath. You are not. So if you just quickly bow your heads with me, you never want to leave a service without having asked this question because I never know where people are in their walk with God. But if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I'm not asking you to join a church, not asking you to join a religion. What I'm asking you to do is get forgiven and on your way to heaven. If you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, you have an emptiness in you. There's a void in your life that you've tried to fill with a lot of things and you still do not have any peace. Well, if you don't have Jesus, you can't have peace. The Bible's pretty clear about that. So if you want to ask Jesus to be your savior today, you want your sins forgiven, I'm just gonna have you be bold and brave and just, just raise your hand up. I wanna pray with you. I'm not gonna point you out or embarrass you in any way, but if that's you, just lift your hand up where I can see it and I wanna pray with you. All right, I don't see any hands. I hope that means that everybody's right with God. If you're not, it's a simple prayer. But don't delay in praying. It's a simple prayer of saying, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Something along those lines. But you have to repent. You have to say, I'm sorry. Please, please forgive me. And the Lord will forgive you the moment you ask. Amen. 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 All right, well, guys, thank you so much for being here. So here's what I need you to do again. Uh, our business meeting is gonna be like 20, 25 minutes. Uh, if you're-